Hi everyone, I'm Matt, the Friendly Board Gamer, and welcome to my 10 Minute Teardown Podcast. In these podcasts, I'm going to spend 10 minutes or less talking about a board or card game, where I will go through the main gameplay mechanisms, the theme, give a brief rules breakdown, and then also my final thoughts on the game. The idea is that I give you the information that you want, nice and quick, no waffling, no gimmick, straight to the point, and you get to hear about a board or card game that you may be interested in. So let's crack on with episode 8, where I'm going to talk about Snowdonia Master Deluxe Set. So Snowdonia is a 2012 worker placement game for 1-5 to five players from designer Tony Boydell and published by NSKN and Indiebos and Dice. Since its launch in 2012 there's been a host of new content, scenarios, bonus cards, promo cards made available and just a raft of, of content out there. Last year there was a Kickstarter launch for the Snowdonia Master Deluxe set which amalgamated all of the published content and also graded a lot of the components. It contained custom wooden tokens, um, all the content that had ever been published and designed for the game, and also a fully functional insert to hold everything in. And it is this version of the game that I'm going to talk about in this episode. So what is Snowdonia all about? Well, you play as a work gang providing labour and production for the railway up the Snowdonia mountain. Players will have to excavate routes up the mountain, construct and lay track, construct viaducts and stations, all the whilst completing with the wonderful Welsh weather. So brief rules overview, there are seven worker placement spots which they're fairly simple and straightforward and you can collect resources from the stockyard, you can excavate rubble, you can convert iron ore into iron bars or you can convert rubble into stone. You can also lay track assuming that there's enough rubble being excavated. You can contribute to building a station, you can purchase the train, you can collect objective cards and you can also move um, what's called your surveyor from station to station. The number of spaces available for the actions are limited and this is based on the number of players in the game. At the start of each round the stockyard is refilled, the weather changes which does play a big part in how effective you can do certain actions and the game controlled worker gang will potentially perform some actions depending on what is drawn from the bag during the refilling of the stockyard. New objective cards are also refilled and refreshed depending on what has been taken um, in the previous round. Starting with the first player, everyone will take it in turns to place one worker in turn order um, clockwise and when once everyone has placed both of their workers then the actions are resolved from left to right and the actions are always resolved in order um, so you always know which action you're going to do first before you do your next one. As I've already said, the weather plays an important part in the game so actions like excavating rubble and laying track will be more or less effective depending on the weather conditions. If it's sunny, you can dig up more rubble if it's raining you do less and if it's foggy you can't even dig up rubble or lay track. There is a worker gang that is controlled by the game and, and this is represented by six white cubes which can potentially be drawn um, for when resupplying the, the stockyard. And this worker gang is also competing with the other players and performing actions like clearing rubble, laying track and building stations but they are much more effective at doing it and the players and it also helps to progress the game along and adds to the sort of timer for the game as well. The game comes to an end when all of the track has been laid up to the final station and the summit of Snowdon and then therefore the railway has been completed and that's what triggers the end of the game. That final piece of track could be laid by a player or it could also be laid by the worker gang that's controlled by the game as well and this could really change how the end of the game um, happens and how well players do or not based on the objectives and their scoring. So that is a very brief rules overview of the game but hopefully gives you a general idea of how it plays and um, so now let's get on to my final thoughts. So Snowdonia has been on my wish list for quite a long time to be honest, but it's very hard to find at a reasonable price. Um, so when I saw it on Kickstarter, you know, I, I jumped at the chance to grab a copy and I went in on a group pledge 
and um, so the cost was even more attractive and I'm so glad that I did. What a game this is. So the mechanisms are fairly simple to be honest. Um, it's a standard worker placement game with all the usual tropes. However, the turn order in this is just so important um, and where, you, where and when you place your worker is critical to, to, your, to your turn. And although the worker placement spots are resolved in a certain order, you can obviously place your workers in any order that you want. So you can actually go to the convert iron ore into iron bars first, even if you don't actually have any iron ore. Then next time round when it's your turn, you can go to the stockyard action spot to gather iron ore, as this action will be resolved before the convert iron ore spot. But this can be scuppered by other players, as they could go to the stockyard spot first and then take all the iron ore if it's in limited supply. So the order in which you place your workers is critical and when coupled with the order in which the actions are resolved it makes some very compelling gameplay with some very tough and interesting choices to make. And I think it's this coupling between you placing your workers um, where you want and also the action resolving in a certain order that really set this game apart from a lot of other worker placement games for me. There are also multiple ways to score points. Um, you can simply build track, you can contribute to stations, you can complete objectives and you can also move your survey up the mountain and they are seen perfectly viable routes. I've had games where people have just excavated rubble and got objectives for excavating rubble and have scored massive points and have won the game. I've also played other games where people have diversified and done a bit of excavation, laid a bit of track, contributed to a few stations and they've also won the game. So all the ways of scoring points on the route to victory seem pretty well balanced and you know you can take any route that you want depending on the objective cards that come out in the game and the ones that you take. You can also purchase trains which in most cases give you some ability or bonus such as on needing two iron ore to convert into iron bars instead of the usual three but these trains are not cheap you know they usually cost one iron bar or two iron bars and you can only have one train any one time so whilst you are working your way towards getting a train other players are building track and stations so there is some trade-off um, and players have to decide whether that trade-off is worth it or not depending on the trains that have come out a lot of the trains do have another ability as well and they allow you to pay a coal and have a third temporary worker for that round and that round only. You actually grab these from the pub and at the end of the day they head back to the pub for a nice refreshing beer after a hard day's labour. Thing is at the start of the game you only have two workers and everybody only has two workers so the extra worker can actually be vitally important to getting some extra actions performed um, but it does require a coal every time um, you need to spend that to entice your worker out of the pub. Um, but it can really help you to do them extra actions when you just need to do that one extra thing on that turn. Moving your surveyor from station to station can also score you some big points if you're moving far enough around and the first few stops only score you minimal points however if you manage to get them all the way around you're looking at 20 plus points which is, is pretty high in this game. As with a lot of objective cards in a lot of other games and um, some of them are harder to complete and worth more points than easy ones that are worth less points but they generally all require you to complete um, either a certain number of track actions or contribution to stations or a certain amount of rubble excavated and um, so it's generally stuff that you complete during the normal gameplay and again these add up to big scores at the end but that is not all the objective cards can do everyone has a one-off power that can be activated at any point in the game um, these give you abilities like taking the first play marker, getting free resources and a host of other bonuses but it is a one time thing and when it's done it's gone. When you refill the stockyard at the beginning of the range you're drawing resources from this seeded bag and any white cubes drawn represent the worker gang and they advance the game by completing excavation actions, track actions and also building stations. 
It also offers another interesting aspect of the game, as if players start to hoard resources, they're reducing the contents of the bag and therefore increasing the chance uh, that the white cubes are drawn and rushing the end of the game. Um, it's not a tactic I've used, but it is a tactic that I can imagine could be done if somebody wants to rush towards the end, if they think they've got the, the most number of points in the bag. So if the great choices and fantastic gameplay was not enough, the box comes with a ton of extra content. Well, I mean, it's a ridiculous amount of content. There's a huge stack of trains that can be added into the game. There's a vast number of different scenarios that can be played with each one having their custom wooden components. There's a whole extra book just for the scenarios that is probably bigger than the actual rule book. There is also a solo mode, expansions, promo cards, basically everything that's ever been published and designed has been chucked into this campaign. You know, there's so much content in Sparks that I could probably play Snowdonia once a week for the rest of the year and still not get through it all. So to sum up, Snowdonia, fantastic game. This Kickstarter campaign was brilliant. Loads of extra content, loads to get through. I'm looking forward to delving into some of the extra scenarios. I've only played the base game at the moment, but I'm looking forward to getting them extra scenarios to the table. And just a solid, brilliant, fantastic game that I'm glad I now own. So that's pretty much it for this episode. Thank you very much for listening. Hope you tune into the next one. Not sure what it's going to be, but feel free to check out my blog over at thefriendlyboardgamer.wordpress.com where my other content and final thoughts and default dice reviews are published. Um, if you want to get in touch, you can follow me on Twitter. My handle is at MattThomason2. Or just search for The Friendly Board Gamer and you'll find me there. Any feedback, comments is all, always welcome. Uh, you can email me at thefriendlyboardgamer at gmail.com. And if you want to suggest what may be my next game that I cover on the podcast, feel free to drop me an email there. This podcast was also recorded in conjunction with kickstartgaming.com. So be sure to head over to their website, check out the content they've got there, their features, their news articles and competitions. We've got some good stuff going on over there. Um, I've also got a feature page coming soon, so be sure to check that out for other content that I've created for them as well. Thanks once again for listening. Um, stay tuned for more content and hopefully speak to you soon. Bye bye. <laughs>